Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today I have special guest, Hekua, with me. We are going to inspire women with this episode. Kekua specializes in helping women reach their higher selves. I'm going to give her an opportunity to introduce herself to you guys and explain what inspires her to focus on helping women achieve their higher selves. Thank you for being here today. I'm going to give you the floor so you can tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do, and how you inspire. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My uh, women are my inspiration, honestly. Uh, You know, we kind of grow up in this society just not realizing that there are different ways to be, not realizing how powerful we can be, not realizing that power is not a negative thing. Can it be? Yeah. But does that mean inherently that it is? No. And the way that we grow up, though, is, is that women are, you know, fairly powerless. And most of us, if not all of us are going to experience some type of abuse, be it emotional abuse, physical abuse, financial abuse. And a lot of us won't realize it. That's who I was. I did not realize for a couple of years that I was in uh, an abusive relationship. I didn't have a concept of it. And when I healed from that, jumping forward, I healed from it. And I started to really learn and see and understand all of the undercurrents of our society, of our conditioning, of just everything that it is to be a woman in the U.S., it it bothered me so deeply. You know, once you see a thing, you can't, you either work to fix it or you accept it and you become part of the problem. And I could not allow myself to just watch it happen to other women, knowing what I knew. So I had to become a resource to try to change that. I want to change the status quo and help women realize that they are freaking powerful. We are. <laughs> women are. We are badass. It's it's crazy that like you kind of said like we inherit inherently, you know, adapt these ideals of certain things. I had a conversation not that long ago. It's probably like a couple of days ago and you just made me think about the conversation where I was like talking to my cousin and I was like, you know, like, I was like, he doesn't mean any harm, but it's very harmful. And I was talking about my dad and I was like, I have accomplished all of these things, but the one thing he always says he's proud of me for. And the only thing that he ever said he's proud of me for is being a wife. It's like my accomplishments and my achievements in life are completely just tied into that. Like not everything. Oh, wait, that's cool. It's like, you're good. You're such a good wife and you're such a good mom. And it's like and a lot of other stuff too, but okay. And I'm sure a lot of women experience that and they go through that and it's, that's rough, you know, like that's a, that's a rough thing to me. Cause it's like, it doesn't bother me, but like, I'm just, I know that there's probably people out there that it does, but I was just talking about it. Like how small that mindset is like, it's like, no, like I'm like a whole bunch of cool other stuff, <laughs> like a lot of different things. It's like, you should check some of these things out. You might actually enjoy like seeing that other side of me. What are some of the things that you do to help women? You want to like uh, share that with the audience? Like, how do you, 
identify that they're kind of in these being placed in these spaces? Or do these women already know that when they come to you? Or do they just kind of come to you and just ask questions like, well, what do you do? Or how can you help me? Or do I need help? You know, like, is there like all these different things involved in someone approaching you or you approaching someone to help them get to that next level? It's a little bit of all of that. It's, you know, realizing that, especially as we get a little bit older, you know, that whole stereotype of like, old people don't give a shit. They'll they'll do whatever they want. Some of that is true, right? As we age and we start to see things, we start to see ourselves differently. And women will often get to a place where they're kind of, I call it the WTF moment, where they're just kind of like, why is this my life? What exactly, how did I come here? I'm not happy. I didn't choose X, Y, and Z. Why are these things my life? I think the beautiful thing about the, the younger generations that are coming up is that they have a head start of what we had because they came up in a world that was already starting to realize these things where in my generation and the generations before, you know, all the things that we just talked about, they were just fact. Like women just couldn't do this and women just couldn't do Like it was like physically not possible. Like how many generations were taught that you can't, you can't exercise. Women just factually have weaker bodies. No, they have weaker bodies because they were told not to move them for eon. So women start to see things and when they can correlate this other woman who's a little bit like me has accomplished all of these things. Does that mean I could do new things? Does that mean I have more potential? Could I maybe try these things? Most of the time, when a woman has come to me, she's either just kind of started that exploration of, of personal development and growth, and she's on the cusp, really, of realizing how much she could accomplish. And so she's asking questions just enough to really open her eyes to the, the full spectrum of what life could be. She doesn't see all of it yet, but she's realizing that her eyes are not all the way open. Some younger women that I've worked with, like they just have no concept. They they come to me for one thing and they don't realize that it's a much broader thing because we have a tendency to compartmentalize. We want to fix this one thing. We want to change that one thing. We want to, you know, do this one thing more, but it's really the foundation of all of the things that we can accomplish is our relationship with ourselves. And so the bottom line to all the different ways that people come to me is building a new relationship with themselves because it's a foundation of love for self that we tend to lack because we as women are encultured to mother everyone. Whether we're mothers or not, the foundation of womanhood in our society is to mother everyone, which is a beautiful thing. It's wonderful to care for people and to take care of people and to be nurturing. But in our society, it comes at the sacrifice of ourselves. We are supposed to take care of everyone else, not everyone as an all-encompassing concept but everyone else and so we get left behind all of the women that come to me whatever level of life they come to me from it really comes down to building that relationship with self because when you love yourself you respect yourself that's the very bottom love has to stack on top of respect and it's when you respect yourself that you see the potential that you have with that you start to recognize oh i think i think i can do that i see her doing that she's much like me i think i can do that too because you have respect for yourself whereas when you don't have that foundation you don't inherently see capability, intelligence, strength. You don't see potential in you. The very foundation of everything that we want is, well, do you see yourself as a powerful, capable person of accomplishing those things? No? 
then let's build that relationship. Let's make you some someone that you love, someone that you respect. <laughs> My best friend. I love talking about her on the show too. I'm sure she's going to be like, here we go. Uh, her, her thing is like, I can't be worried. I love too my, myself too much. I'm not doing that. Like, it's always like, once you reach that that point with yourself, I love her. Like, she's, she's, she's so strong and like, she's amazing. And she's always that, she's always been that person that I look at like, dang, you know, like, okay, well, look at what she, look at her, you know, like, if she can do it, I can do it. Like, she is literally that, that inspiring. But one thing, it, when you were talking, I just kept, I heard her voice like, uh-uh, <laughs> that's what she did, uh-uh, I love myself, wait, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> And it is like when you establish that foundation where you love yourself and you know yourself, then you start to know what you will and will not accept in your life, what you will and will not tolerate, what you can go after. And I think that's like a, a very beautiful space to enter and like to establish a new beginning and to live in. What are the main, I have two questions in this, like what are some of the main challenges that some women that you've helped, um, would you say like the most common challenges are that they face and like, how do you help them overcome those things so that they can reach their full potential? I'm gonna say the number one is that they don't recognize because they've been conditioned not to, they don't recognize that they don't hold love and respect for themselves. We, they, What we get taught is self-respect, is very performative. What we get taught is self-care, is very performative. I'm gonna get my nails did, I'm gonna get my hair did, you know? But they are not the definition of self-care. Self-care is taking care of you. How would you take care of your kids? How would you take care of your partner? How would you take care of the people that you love? You wouldn't just do these surface things that really change the outside, but have no effect on the inside. When you say I'm taking care of my kids, it means sometimes you're doing things that make them cry, like brush their teeth, give them their showers, make them eat good, good food, because you are doing the things that are good for them long-term. And we don't have that concept for ourselves. And we don't see that we don't have that concept for ourselves. So that's, it's really the biggest obstacle is helping them recognize what it actually means to show yourself love, care, and respect because they think that they're doing it. And they don't realize yet that it's performative. So that's the, that's that first obstacle is helping them recognize that. And then the second obstacle is gonna be teaching it to them because even once they recognize it, they still have all of that conditioning inside that it's selfish. Taking care of yourself is, is selfish. Why is it selfish? Why is it selfish to say, I need to eat some, you know, just like you would do for your child, I need to eat some vegetables so that I would feel good. Let me stop and take a little extra time to do this thing that would nourish me. No, I, I just gotta do the fastest thing, right? How do moms tend to eat? They're standing over the sink. They're eating the leftovers. You know, they, whatever's left over is what they get. How about you sit down with your kids? How about everybody waits for you? You sit down with your kids, you eat your meal together. You know, how about you show yourself the same love and respect you show to the ones that you love? But that's really, really difficult for them to step into because even once they recognize it, doing it, there's, there's a whole nother set of obstacles, mental roadblocks because of the conditioning that we've received. It's kind of heartbreaking once you get to the place where you can see it and you're watching people kind of repeat it. But when you can help them start to take those steps and they say, no, I'm, I'm not gonna do this, I'm gonna do this because it's good for me and I'm gonna feel good and I'm gonna be really happy. And they step into that, 
and then their family sees them be happy and loving of themselves and their friends see it and their community sees it. They realize that taking care of me is still taking care of my family, is still taking care of my friends, is still taking care of everyone around me because leaders lead by helping others come up. And when we take care of ourselves, we show other people how to do that. I had to learn when I became a mom that, cause I went through like two bouts of postpartum. Like I went through a lot of stuff being a new mom. It was that little light that clicked in with me. Like, uh, girl, you can't take care of nothing here. No one here if you are okay. I'm glad for me, but I know like for a lot of people, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get there to understand that. And like, I'm glad for me that I kind of recognized those things early on, talked about those things early on, started tackling those issues so that I can get to a space where everything with me was healthy. So the kids are in a healthy environment. My husband's in a healthy environment, but there was a little bit of guilt, you know, like that when they say mom guilt, or even if you're not a mother, just that guilt of not doing something that they need and doing something that you need or putting you first and then trying to explain that by me being okay, that means everybody, you know, the whole village is going to succeed. That can get in the way. And that's why I love talking about things like this on the show as well, because there may be someone sitting at their desk right now or in their car right now and they're listening and they're like, yeah, I feel that. Like, I don't feel like it's okay for me to essentially take care of myself because everyone else needs me. And it's like, yeah, but you need you too. You need you too. And it's so taboo almost, you know, to talk about these things. Like you say, like everyone's been conditioned a certain way, you know, everyone thinks that this is just the right way to go and it's not. So can you share like some of your success stories with the audience? If you, if you're comfortable with doing that, just someone that maybe came to you and they really, really started at a point where maybe they didn't believe or see that they can get to where they are now. One of the most powerful stories that I have, um, of course, I'm not gonna share her name or her profession. She was very prominently well-known in her space and in her town and in fact, her entire state. Very powerful, but not for herself. If she speaks what, what she does as her profession, what is to protect and to represent others. And she does it so well that she's really one of the most well-known in her profession, but didn't know how to do it for herself. She knew that she was incredibly powerful. She was able to take accolades for herself professionally. She was able to say, I do this, I do this, I do, you know, all of the ways that she is powerful in other people's favor, but she had a really hard time. Why do I do this? Why do I allow that? How come? And the, it's so, it was so beautiful to watch that light come on for her because one of the, um, little mental tricks that I give to a lot of my clients is to either create or think of a hero that she's got. And it might be a comic book hero, it might be an entirely made up person, it might be somebody they knew, it might be a historical figure, but some person that you would look up to, that you would really honor to spend time in their presence, you know, that you would, you would be just in awe. Now imagine that you've got to tell that person or you've got to have that person next to you in some way, shape or form. That person is your accountability. They're going to witness what you do or you have to explain it to them. How would they respond? How would you feel about that? Right? If you had to step up to that person and have them see you 
would they approve of it? Would they say, I would accept that treatment too? And if they would not, if you would not want them to know, then what are the changes that you should make that you think that person would make or that you would be happy to tell that person that you've done for yourself? What would be the accountability that would make you really proud for that person to know about you? Well, then that's probably the decisions that you should make. And so she had a, she had one to two women, but one very in particular. And so when she was asking me, I know this, and I know this, and I do this for other people, but what's the thing? And I said, well, if you had to tell that to your idol, your Shiro, I said, would she make this choice? She would say, I really don't think she would. And I said, well, then what would she do? And she goes, she, you know, she sits for a little while and she's like, she would do all the things that I do for the people that I work for. Would she do it for herself? Yes, she would. I'm going to do it for myself. Like that little spark of realization was so huge for her. And there were things that she had wanted to accomplish that were professional, but not as an employee for someone else. She wanted to build all of the things that she had done, all of the reputation that she had, all of those things. She had done those as an employee. And the primary reason she had come to me was because she was like, why can't I make this happen for myself? And when she had that little spark, she was like, like, I mean, high beams, high beams came on and she's, man, she started making so much more money. She was like, I should do this for myself. I can, I am powerful. I am powerful. I already knew I was powerful for other people, but I can be powerful for me. I can speak powerfully for me. I can make decisions powerfully for me. All of those things that she did for other people, she started to do for her, herself. She started to look at herself in the same way. And she, she used that little Shiro that she kept in the back of her mind when she wasn't sure she'd be like, hmm. Would she do this or would she do this? This is what I'm going to do because I'm powerful too. She was so proud of herself. She started to make so much more money. She built her company. I like, I'm in awe of her. I love watching that. I could imagine like being in a position to like help people and having like that person or even not like multiple people, just like you affected something in them that turned that on and like helped them like reach their higher selves and how beautiful that could like truly be. And like motivating to like, yeah, like even for you, like it's beautiful that she got there, but like for you too, like that would like be like that driving force to help you continue. I'm gonna give you a little secret that most of us don't realize. We all have that effect. We don't see it. You don't get to see like 98% of the effect that you have outside of yourself because it's all these little tiny things that we are not even aware of because they're normal for us that are the positive ripples that we have outside of ourselves, right? Even the tiniest pebble in a big pond changes the volume of water in that pond, in the ocean, in the lake, everywhere. We don't see most of those ripples because you can't see 360 around you. And most of those ripples are not gonna come back to you. So you just aren't aware of them. I was fortunate because I have a career in fitness separate from this, that I realized this probably maybe three to four years into that, where I had someone really actually come to me and say, you just changed the rest of my life. I was like, that's not, that's not possible. I'm just, I'm exercising, right? I'm, I was so naive at that point. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that was just really, he was just being really nice, you know? But little by little, I got confirmation that this was true. And you can prove this to yourself because if you offer something out to one single person, 
and there are other people around you who can hear. Lots of people are gonna listen. Maybe one person will ask a question, but how many people will stick around to see the answer to that question, right? If you're having a conversation, it might be you and one other person interacting, but there will be other people around because they're listening, because they care about what you have to say, because the things that you're saying are valuable, because they can apply them in their lives, because it can affect enrich, you know, amplify who they are, but because they won't speak it, because we've been conditioned not to ask for things for ourselves, for the vast majority of people that you affect, you'll just never know it. You have to know that if you are doing things in the effort of helping people and helping them grow and wanting to see the improvement in their lives, you are just not going to see the vast majority of it. It doesn't mean it's not there. It just means you can't see everything. Mm -hmm. It's there. So I, I just say, like, I like to um, plant those seeds, nurture them, water them. And I always, I like one thing that I always say, too, is that I, I know that they'll grow because I know the intent behind it. Maybe I'll be long gone when it's time to harvest that, the fruit of that. But hopefully the things that I do leave enough inspiration and motivation in this world where my kids grow up in something better. And they've learned something from me where then they can go off and they can plant their own seeds and they can be a part of affecting change in their own very special way. That is what I always tell myself when I'm doing this. And that is what I always, when I go in looking for these kind of conversations to have and when I'm thinking about what kind of questions to ask and what kind of guests to have on, it's going to go out somewhere. Maybe to one person, you know, maybe to two people, you never know. But I'm just hoping that when it does land, that it is affecting some kind of positive outcome with someone. Because one thing that I learned on my own journey is like, I didn't really have people to talk to. And I didn't really have people that understood it. Like I had to go outside of the network that I've always known to find people that were like-minded or that can point me in the direction of someone that can be like, okay, this is, this is what you need to do to start making those changes in your life that are going to help you get to where you want to be. So I'm like, I, I say, like, I just hope that this show, these discussions, bringing guests like you on help someone out there listening take that first step and become who they really want to be and live to their full potential because like that's what it's all about it's really sad when you think of like someone like going through this whole journey and never getting a chance to experience that like there's real beauty in experiencing just living your life authentically and whole this is going to be a mouthful of a question how do you encourage women to understand that it's not selfish to prioritize their needs and it's okay to go after their aspirations while still fulfilling their responsibilities to their family and their communities. Or try to help them understand that those things are not mutually exclusive, which is what we've been taught. It's, it's either or, it's this or that, it's them or you. It's not, it's not those things. It's us, right? It's a, we are a family unit. You can absolutely Pursue the things that you want to pursue without disregarding your family. It's not a dichotomy, right? It's we are going to move in this direction. And I always tie this back to thinking about kids because the vast majority of the women that I work with are mothers. So that's just kind of my habit. If your one child needed something, you wouldn't leave the other child at home to go tend to the one child because that other child also needs you. Other child is a part of the family. So you all as a unit go to this child's game or this child's recital or the practice or 
you know, grocery shopping because you can't just do things on your own because that would be disregarding, right? It would be disrespectful. It would be dismissive of your children. So why is it that you think that you only can do things for yourself in that, that way? Because we've been conditioned to think it, not because it's true, but because we've been conditioned. So when mom loves something or needs something or wants something, we go there. We do this. Can you do it the same as you could if you were a single person and had no other responsibilities? No, it does have to adapt, but that doesn't mean it has to be left on the back burner for the next 20 to 30 years while you wish you had the things that you loved. No, you adapt it into your life. You like dancing, have a little dance party with your kids. Kids freaking love dancing, singing, hiking, going to the beach, all of the things that you love as an individual, you adapt them into your life as a mom, as a wife, as a dog, the same way that you would for any other aspect of your life, you still just adapt it into your family. We are so conditioned not to do these things. Like our generation, if we think about our parents, we have a hard time. Like it's such a, a light bulb moment for us to conceptualize our parents as people because they were so taught. But no, this is who I am now. I'm a parent. I'm not a woman who enjoys this. I'm a parent. I'm not a woman who used to do this. I'm a parent. So many women from our generation are like, when we find out what our moms used to be like, what our dads used to be like, it's mind blowing because we have to conceptualize them as people. But how, how much do we lose because our parents felt like they hit a wall and now only they're allowed to be parents coming after that. So we didn't get to know them as people. Our full lives can be filtered down to our children, our full selves, our full personalities. Everything that we are can be filtered down to our children so that as they grow up, they see us as whole entire people. And then they learn how to be whole entire people. Like all of the things that we're taught not to do are actually very enriching for our children. Taking care of yourself shows your children how to take care of themselves. Finding joy in your life shows your children how to find joy in their lives all the things that we are taught is selfish. They're actually enriching for our families because not only do you show up as a happier, healthier, whole self, you show your children, you show your husband, you show your friends, you show your community how to do the same things for themselves. That's leadership from within the team. Your personal development is your development as a leader. You don't have to think of yourself as a leader to lead others. You just have to think of yourself as a valuable person so you can show them how to love themselves as a valuable, as valuable pe people, excuse me. I agree, story time. So I do this show every Monday and my two-year-old, cause usually my four-year-old's at school, he had today off, but my two-year-old, so I got the ring lights and the microphone and stuff. He goes, mommy, TV show time? And he'll drag ring lights across the living room. And like, I kind of rearrange everything. So I'm just up against the wall. So you can't see all the, the madness in here, but he'll drag my ring lights and he'll be like, mommy, here you go. And he'll give me certain things or I'll go and I'll put on makeup. And he's like, mommy, you got your makeup on. Here you go. And like, try to hand me like a makeup brush or something. Like he's so into like watching me do things outside of cooking and cleaning because I'm a stay at home mom. And that, like, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> like how uh, 
someone just put it to me in such a beautiful way. It was like that one point in time being a stay at home mom was like noble, but now it's not like noble. Like you, it's crazy. Like I've been reduced again. Like you're already like society already trying to reduce you. Like, oh, you're a mom, you're this, you're that, you're this. Oh, you only can do this. They try to put you in a bubble. And then it's like, oh, you're a stay at home mom. Like, like, yeah, I'm a stay at home mom. I run a business. I got a, you know, I got a dog. I got a lot going on, you know, like I'm Julie, you know, like, but. Anyway, he comes in, he helps me rearrange everything. He kind of knows the routine. And then him and my four-year-old and their personalities. I see them sometimes sitting in here and they're like, subscribe, subscribe to my channel. Bye. <laughs> and it's, the, it's like, see you next week. Or they'll do stuff like that. And I think, I think that it's really cool because it's like, they see me in a different regard than just catering to them, catering to my husband, catering to the house business. Like they'll know, like if I'm here at my workstation and I'm like, Hey, it's mommy work time. I might have to tell them a few times cause they're so young, but I'm like, Hey, it's mommy's work time. And like, he'll bring my clipboard or something. Mommy do your work, you know? And it's, it's cool because one day they'll go out and they, maybe they'll adapt those behaviors and those things in themselves. And they'll apply that to their life where they're not just restricted what I want and hope for them is when they go off and they get married, that they have respect for their partner and support their partner and let their partner live in that space as well. Don't just think that this person is just supposed to cook for you, clean for you, take care of you, cater to you. And that is like the sole purpose of their life. That's so suffocating. Oh, yeah. I, that's so suffocating. And like so many people like from our generations before I know, like just from experiencing in my family like I know like there was a lot of unhappiness there because they didn't have the opportunities to do anything that like we do now or oh, even yeah. consider doing now I think not I think I, I know this now if you have to stop everything that makes you who you are and become only a mother only a father right once you walk in that door that's it the entirety of your happiness then has to come from within that the entirety of your happiness sits then on your children because you're not allowed to do and accomplish for yourself and if we look back in the generations we can see this that means the entirety of your happiness you have now put that weight on top of your children how many generations of people lived through their children expected so much through their children think about the amount of weight that is to put not only on another adult right if the entirety of your happiness were to come from your husband that's a massive weight but now you put that onto children onto babies, onto toddlers, onto ch teenagers. How fair is that? Like, in addition to the fact that you suffocate your own self unknowingly, think about that weight that you have put on your children when they you make them responsible, unknowingly responsible for the entirety of your joy and happiness and fulfillment. That's not fair. We think that we're supposed to derive the entirety of our happiness from within those four walls and it, it's been sold to us as such a, a, a martyrdom. Like if you're a real mom, you get the happiness from this. And, and like, yeah, you get some happiness from that, but the entirety of it, it means to put all of that weight onto other people. And that is so unfair. We all know people like that too. Like their parents were like, you're going to be a doctor. From the time that they were born, that happened to me. Like my mom had it like, that's my doctor. That's my lawyer. That's my engineer. I was the lawyer, by the way. So I was supposed to go to school. 
And then like we were supposed to be like these superstar athletes at the same time because she was an athlete. So it's like you go, you're supposed to go to school and be an athlete and then you're supposed to get good grades and then you're supposed to go to law school. I became a model. <laughs> an actress. Um, I became a writer, producer, and director. And then I bartended and I worked in nightclubs. Like I did so much stuff that was so opposite of that because even then, like I didn't really know how to communicate it, but I knew like I was not doing that. Like I just I went about handling it a different way, but like I, I just knew like I can't live my life like that. But she just was using what she had and what was, you know, given to her. And she literally tried to put box us in. Like she used to always say that. And she would acknowledge things that she noticed in me. Like, oh, you're a really good writer. Oh, you're really creative. Go to track practice. Like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> why not go to creative writing or poetry? Go to track practice. So yeah, shout out to mom. Um, like literally though, like we all know, we all know know a lot of people where that that happened and we all know a lot of people that are probably living that life that was like carved out for them still to this day and yeah it's okay to like say you know this isn't it like because I feel like also every day that we're here is an opportunity to do what we want every day that we're here is an opportunity to like change our mindset and adapt a way of a way of living that's going to be fulfilling and make us happy so like you might be listening right now and be like yeah you know I'm a doctor right now, but I really wanted to play foosball. Go join that foosball team then. <laughs> go do that. Like, or, I really wanted to do this. Go do it. Like, go do it. Go find it and live in that moment and be happy. This is a one-way ticket, so have a good time on it. Like, have a very good time on it. I love to ask everyone this question. And um, audiences, here we go time. Here we go. Because I, I always say, like, I'm sure my audience, every time they're like, here she goes. <laughs> in my mind that's what it is when I ask this question so I have to ask you like what does selective hearing mean to you <laughs> when I grew up that was a bad thing uh, <laughs> I, we, we don't have to go into how much punishment I got over that now I see it as a good thing you can choose what you absorb you can't stop what you hear but you can select what you're actually going to listen to Right. Because people are going to talk around you all the time. They're going to talk to you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to there's all kinds of things that you're going to hear. But you can really we don't grow up knowing this, but you absolutely can select what you want to listen to, what you're going to allow yourself to absorb. So to me, it is being choosy with in the same way that you would choose the diet that you take in based on your lifestyle, based on your goals, based on whatever the diet of media, the diet of outside influence, the diet of what you accept, you get to select, you get to choose. You get to decide who is nourishing you mentally and emotionally the same way you get to decide what nourishes you physically. Yeah, you guys hear that. And that is what selective hearing is literally all about. And what's dope, I'll tell you this, so I ask everyone that question at the end of every show. I ask everybody, what does selective hearing mean to them? And everybody kind of gives me a different answer, but like all of these answers are literally starting to weave in. <laughs> so like a couple guests ago, I told her that, and she made a suggestion that I take all of like me saying, what does selective hearing mean to you? And then splice all of your answers together so you can see the weaving. So. I'm actually working on that right now. So you'll hear yourself out there again, answering that question. And I'm going to do a whole episode of what does selective hearing mean to you and have all of your answers. 
because everyone's answer kind of weaves together, which just proves my little theory that we're all connected. <laughs> and like, we all, we all may, regardless of our influence and our beliefs and our different cultures and everything that was like given to us after the fact, like we all started on the same playing field and we're all the same. So before be we- great, like, anniversary episode or every so many episodes you revisit all of that. Like, what does it mean? I think I'm gonna close the season with that. I don't know if I'm gonna close this season with that or I'm gonna open up next season, but I'm definitely gonna put it out there because listening back to all of you guys, like the answers are just like, they all tie together and they're really, really dope. So before we go, also, can you let the audience know how they can connect with you, how they can reach you for your services? And um, I'll also, as always, I'll have this information posted in the summary. So all you have to do is hit the drop down tab and you will find links directly to everything that you are about to hear right now. And then you will also find this on my social media. And remember, I like to tag, tag, tag. So always click on my reels to find the guests and you can get um, direct access to their social media pages. The easiest way I would say is my website, K-E-K-U-A-K.com. So K-E-K-U-A-K, that's my name. All of my social media links are there. There's um, uh, access to my book. Um, if you want to make an appointment, maybe discover whether or not mentorship is right for you. Uh, all of it's there. K-E-K-U-A-K.com. Okay. And there you have it, everybody. So until next week, this is Selective Hearing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey.